Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo from Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm sitting in for David Abel. David, we miss you, and I look forward to having you come back. And I'm with Tom DeAngelis from Stewardship and Father Ben Chinapin, who is visiting us from Chicago, and he's a chaplain for veterans in Chicago. So Father Ben, thank you for being here. Thank you so much. God bless you. Today is a Veterans Day, so we pray for all the veterans for the contribution they give to our country. Amen. Amen. All right, so why don't we open up with uh, with a prayer, and then Father, you'll uh, you'll proclaim proclaim the gospel for us. So before we do that, if if you're in a spot where you can get a Bible, uh, the gospel we're gonna uh, uh, focus on is from Mark thirteen twenty four to thirty two. Mark thirteen twenty four to thirty two. And for those who are just joining us for the first time, reflections from the heart is a gospel reflection that we look at the gospel for the coming Sunday. Uh, so we're not hearing it for the first time when we walk in the church, uh, that we'll, we'll be reflecting on that gospel. All right, so let's, uh, let's start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Please fill our hearts with your love. Fill our hearts with your wisdom, your understanding. Fill our hearts with your courage that we can live the Word. That we can live the Word at home, at school, in our workplace, on the ball field, every single uh, area of our lives, Lord, that we can be, uh, we can be your love, your light in a world that is in such desperate need. So please, Lord, uh, bless us, protect us. Uh, Lord, we ask you please to hold the folks that are listening in the palm of your hands and uh, draw each and every one of us closer to you. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, if you could proclaim the gospel. Jesus said to his disciples, In those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with the great power and glory, and then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the end of the earth to the end of the sky. Learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branch becomes tender and sprouts leaves, you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, know that he is near at the gates. Amen. I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. And uh, this, this Gospel really speaks to my heart about being prepared. Sure. And uh, it's just such a blessing to have you. And and uh, the accent is not a South Chicago accent, I, <laughs> I, I take, right? Uh, but if you could please just share with our 
uh, with our listeners, uh, how did the Lord prepare you for the priesthood? You know, if you can just share your, your vocation story uh, and just, you know, around the whole idea of, of being prepared, yeah, uh, we would yeah, love to th- hear that. Thank you for this invitation. I used to be the chaplain at the Holy Spirit Hospital uh, in Campbell from 1988 to 2004. Uh, from there, only I went to Chicago to serve the Department of the Veterans Affairs to give hope to our veterans. When I was 13 years old, um, I was called by a French missionary uh, to follow our Lord. I was too young um, to understand the calling, but my father was a sacristan uh, helping the, the priest and the church. So he encouraged me. He also prayed about it. And I responded generously because the missionaries were a great example for me. Uh, their ministry, their way of life attracted me. Since we have too many um, Hindus in our area who didn't know about Christ, I thought uh, following Jesus and becoming his servant I thought it is an opportunity and also a privilege to work in this vineyard. So this is how I got uh, my calling, and I responded to serve my own people also. And and your people that you're referring to in your native country, is, uh, you're, you're from India? Yeah, most of the Christians in India are untouchables, are Dalits. Uh, many uh, Hindu Dalits were converted to faith with the hope that in Christianity, they can find a new way of life. Because in Hinduism, these Dalits were considered to be less than human. They were victims of karma. If you are out of the caste system, you are untouchable, you are outcast. So many Hindu Dalits embraced Christian faith with the hope that they would have dignity and new life uh, in Christ. So that's how uh, my grandparents were all um, converted to Christianity. Um, Even today, uh, Dalits are not treated as human beings. They are treated less than human uh, because the Hindu uh, caste system doesn't accept them as equal uh, human beings. Wow. Wow. So a lot of of reasons to to be on our knees, right, for... um for, for that situation. And as a 13 year old boy, young, you know, you know, on your way to being a young man, you know, you, you feel the call and it's through a French missionary, right? Yes, French and Irish missionaries. French and Irish. What was it about them? You know, what was it about, um, about their preparedness? You know, they, they had to prepare themselves to be missionaries. And again, you know, this gospel is all about being prepared. Um, it's quite what, was, amazing, it, what yeah. was it about them that drew you? To, yeah, it's to quite amazing. Now how, uh, during 18th century, these missionaries left their homeland, uh, France or Ireland or Italy. Um, th- they had that profound call to go to the mission land like India. Um, at the time, you know, India was it didn't have road system or electricity. Um, and yet, these missionaries sacrificed their whole life. They were very generous to bring the good news of our Lord to thousands of uh, millions of uh, non-Christians. That's what attracted me. Uh, they left everything and followed Jesus. So certainly their uh, lifestyle, 
their um, generosity sacrifice inspired me to follow Jesus Christ and uh, ultimately today I am in the vineyard of the Lord as a Catholic priest for the last 28 years. Wow, praise God. Thank you for thank you for your yes. Thank you for sharing your story. And, um, and let's just keep praying for Father Ben, for all of our priests uh, all around the world. Because you know, no, no priest, no Eucharist, no Eucharist, no church. Uh, so thank you, Father, for, for your yes, for bringing us the Eucharist. Yeah, you're welcome. Amen. So, Tom, what, uh, what, what struck your heart in, in reading the, the, uh, and hearing the gospel? Well, just a, a quick comment on something I heard from Father. Um, you know, we, we um, sometimes wrestle with um, sharing our faith with people in our own society here, in our own daily lives. And, you know, we worry about whether people are going to think we're strange or whatever. And yet sometimes I don't think we realize in our own culture how much people are without hope and how much... Um, our faith is a, a faith of hope. You know, our 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 religion, our you know, our our belief in Christ, and our and our trying to live, you know, in in His faith, and trying to be Him for other people, and how much we're responsible for bringing hope. But when you hear, you know, and you hear Father talk about in his in his home country where people are living in, you know, it's part of their culture to have this kind of hopelessness, to be stuck in a caste system, to be, or to be outcast, to not even be in the, the you know, even be in the society. You're basically out there floating and you, you know, you have nothing in this life other than wait until you die and hope if you lived well, you can move up to the next, into the, get in the caste system. You know, it's kind of like, I'm not in the club and I have to die to get into it and hopefully be reincarnated back into it. And we don't realize how much of a, you know, a structural life that those people live in despair. And so to hear you say, Father, that your, you know, your grandparents, um, uh, were converted to Christianity because it gave them some hope. You know, it just, it kind of struck me. That's really a situation where our faith does bring somebody hope. I mean, that's like existential cosmic despair. You know, there's nothing I can do in this life. I just have to die and wait for myself to get reincarnated to hopefully a higher level. And, you know, but, uh, but we we have this great gift, and we don't sometimes I don't even realize it just to hear that people embrace the faith for that reason because it gave them hope in a situation that was that desperate or that hopeless, um, and it just gave me a better appreciation for you know for the faith that we do have. So there are uh, 30 million Christians in India, out of which uh, um, 80 percent would be Dalit's origin or tribal origin. But in India, to be a Christian, we have to pay every price. Uh, if you are a Dalit Christian in India, uh, we are not equal uh, in the Indian society. The Indian government deprives us our constitutional uh, fundamental rights to education and job opportunities. Just we are Christians. So we have to pay heavy price for our faith. That's why many Christian children... Um, Dalit children especially, are out of school. They are dropped out from the school. They end up into child labor. Um, today, I am working with these children towards their empowerment. So to practice our Christian faith in India, it costs a lot for us. And, and here we, <clears throat> excuse me, we, we, take, we take so much for granted, right? That there's, you know, there, there's so much sacrifice and suffering and uh, you know people just putting their lives on the line every day around the world just to be you know since they call themselves and proclaim 
themselves to be Christian. And we have it, you know, we, we can pray and practice our faith so freely here. Um, but yet you hear someone like Mother Teresa said that, you know, that the United States was very poor and uh, poor in, in terms of loneliness or mm. in terms of, you know, poverty of spirit. Um, so regardless of the culture you're in or the country you're in, there's, there's people suffering everywhere. And, you know, one of the earlier readings that we had this week spoke about leprosy and, and we're all lepers, you know, with, with original sin and, uh, um, and then, you know, sin that we commit throughout our lives and we're all in need of healing. We're all in need of healing and we have to be prepared. Like this gospel that we're going to hear this Sunday just tells us uh, that no one knows. Jesus says, not, I don't even know. Only the Father knows. But whether it's Jesus's second coming or our own end, right, with our own death, it's, it's coming soon for, for, for the three of us here, for anyone listening, even if we live to 100, 120, whatever, it's, it's coming soon, right? It's coming soon. We have to ask God, God, Lord, what do I need to do today? What do I need to do today to be better prepared to see you face to face? You know, you have that, you know, the, for me, I need to pray for that self-knowledge. You know, Lord, where, you know, please reveal my blind spots. Reveal any pride or any, any fears or insecurities. You know, reveal, uh, you know, reveal to me where I'm, I'm lazy or whatever. Like, just be open to, uh, to that, um, you know, to that light shining in on our lives so we could, uh, you know, we can let Jesus in to heal those and, uh, and repent. Yeah, we don't need to be scared of uh, the second coming or end of the times. If we do really work every day in loving God, in loving our neighbors, we are prepared to meet the Lord at any time. As someone asked to St. Dominic, I think, if uh, uh, you come to know that you're going to die next half an hour, what you'll do? He said, I will continue to play the soccer. Mm -hmm. I have nothing to be afraid of, you know. So like that, you know, we need not be afraid, you know, scared. If uh, we are all called to reach out the poor and the marginalized and do and act the way like Jesus does, you know, so we are ready. Amen. Amen. That, that, that is a great quote from St. Dominic because he was doing whatever he was doing in that moment for the honor and glory of God. Right. right. So soccer becomes a prayer. Football becomes yeah. a prayer. Reading becomes a prayer. You know, as long as what we're doing isn't directly sinful or immoral or, you know, contrary to, to what God is, is calling us to do. He gave us these things, sports and literature. And, you know, the, he gave us this beautiful creation to enjoy, right, to grow closer to him through that. So if we're all in for the Lord and we're living a life of prayer, then everything becomes a prayer. And if, like St. Dominic, we're told in 30 minutes, what are you going to do if, if you knew the end was coming? Well, just complete the task at hand and or complete the game at hand. And I think, too, um, when I look at this last line in the reading for today, that but the day or the hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father— um, it, it kind of, in some ways, it kind of reminds me of that because, you know, the, the thing about Jesus is he, he admits here that he doesn't know. As, as the son, he doesn't know. Only the father knows. There's another place, too, where I think um, James and John were asking to be seated at his right hand and his left. And he said, well, that's not for me to, 
to give. Mm. That's for the and, uh, yeah, that's for the Father to give. So it, it, Jesus is very humble in a sense that he defers to the Father. So he lives in he lives in the in the Father. He lives as the Son of the Father, but he doesn't strive to to be the Father. He's, it, he's not somebody who's competing with the Father. And this sense of well, even I don't know what it is, but it it but you don't get the sense that that there's something wrong with that. You know, it's just. It's just the way that it is. And so there's a sense of, you know, just be at peace with with the will of the Father as I am, as I am, you know, as Christ is relating here as as he is. And then that and then that peace was is our preparation. So just like, you know, St. Dominic doesn't do anything different in the next 30 minutes. You know, we're at peace with the fact that, you know, that we're that we're with God. And I think, too, Rob, the point you made about, you know, everything becomes a prayer. I've noticed in my life that there are times when I feel more in that groove, so to speak, and then other times where it's a it's a struggle. But I think what I've from what I've read of the great saints and the mystics is that we get those flashes once in a while in our life, and that we should embrace those things and we should treasure those things and we should, you know, keep those as a as a high aspiration in our life because what ends up happening then is that our you know our mind and our heart pursues those things over and over again to where it eventually will hopefully become part of our life. And, you know, I'm not saying that I'm anywhere near there, but that's one of the things that the, the great saints will tell us is, you know, when you have those experiences of God, treasure them. Um, don't run after them. Don't, you know, don't let it disturb your peace. Don't let it disturb your prayer. But treasure that and allow God to bring those things back to you. And then when they get strung together one after another, that becomes your life and your life eventually becomes in Christ, you know, and you're, you know, you're in that peace. You can have that peace where if somebody says, asks you a question like that, what would you do if you were called in the next 30 minutes? Doesn't even have to think about it. Just automatically know, I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do what I'm doing and I'm going to let God do what God does, you know, and and uh, and that's my life, and that's my prayer to God. You know, so if we learn to live every moment in the presence of God, uh, nothing to worry. You know, uh, we will be fulfilling our calling, and also our vocation, um, to be a witness to the Lord. And Father, can we, can we have a little a little peek into uh, your your prayer life? And you know, there, there's a book called The Soul of the Apostolate that talks about, and it's written, I think, primarily for clergy, but also for any laity that's, um, you know, that's engaged in ministry. Um, and it could be for all of us, right? That the soul of the apostle, whether you're a mom, a dad, a, a priest, you know, Tom and I, you know, we're in full-time ministry now, the soul of the apostle is prayer. And it seems like the busier we get, sometimes the prayer time or the, the focus kind of diminishes a little bit. Uh, and, and we can't have that happen. So yeah, That's a temptation we all face every day. You know, Mother Teresa used to tell our sisters who were working uh, day, uh, day or night very hard to spend at least half an hour before the Blessed Sacrament. So sometimes, you know, uh, I am worn out sometimes due to a hectic work schedule, a lot of stress. Um, the temptation um, to stay alert, uh, to sit before the Blessed Sacrament, and continue to pray. So that's a constant struggle to fight um, the temptations. But every encounter, if you think that it is God's uh, um, meeting, whatever you do during the daytime, I'm meeting every day more than um, 30 patients and bring hope to them. That 30 minutes, 30 visits, I find as a kind of divine encounter. Mm. So that's also part of prayer for me. 
this morning I was I was praying the rosary and um, and I was I was meditating on the presentation of Jesus at the temple and the finding of Jesus at the temple. And at one point in my prayer life with the rosary, I was having a tough time bringing that to, to real life. And then one time I was actually jogging and praying the rosary at the same time. And the Holy Spirit just you know zapped my heart and said, well, just ask the Blessed Mother to pray for you that you can present Jesus to every single person that you meet today. And then I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And then the next decade, finding Jesus, Holy Spirit said, well, just like you did with the presentation, ask the Blessed Mother to pray for you that you would find Jesus mm-hmm. in every single person that you meet today. And ever since that encounter, whenever I pray the joyful mysteries and those two decades in particular, that, that's, that's the prayer. You know, Mary, please pray for me that, that I can present Jesus mm-hmm. to every single person yeah, every time I pray on our Father Hail Mary to a patient, you know, even if I spend a couple of minutes with them, uh, presenting Christ to them, at the end of the uh, prayer, they'll say, Father, you made my day. Mm-hmm. So it's a very profound um, happiness for the patient as well as for me to bring Jesus uh, to them. Wow. And then you, you do a lot of work with, with children. How can we best prepare our children um, and, and encourage and nurture that relationship uh, for for them to to have that, that their own personal relationship with Christ. So, do you, you have any uh, any there thoughts are, on that? There are millions of uh, child labor in India uh, because of poverty as uh, and also because of the caste system. I am trying to give relief to these children, give them a wonderful childhood through education, uh, through my own charity in Campbell, uh, Dalit Solidarity. I am trying to sponsor children and give. Uh, good education. That's the only way to eradicate uh, poverty as well as uh, untouchability in the caste system of in the caste system in India. And then, any uh, any pointers for the parents out there listening on um, how to how they can encourage uh, their kids to to have a life of prayer? Certainly, no. It is the example of the parents that inspires children. So, family prayer is very important. Um, if uh, parents sit together at the end of the day and spend um, uh, 15 minutes or even 10 minutes and recite a rosary, that inspires a child. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, what uh, brought me to the vocation, we had a family prayer every day. I lived, uh, as a child, I lived in a hut, no plumbing, no electricity. My father um, and the whole family members used to kneel before Mother Mary and recited rosary every single day. So certainly the example of parents is a great um, uh, book for the children to read and also to follow. Wow. So, so, so it's, 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 it's just amazing. I'm, I'm picturing you, Father, as a child in a hut with no plumbing. No uh, electricity. No electricity. Only one room. One room. Yeah, like sometimes uh, here our bathrooms are more bigger than the hut I lived. You know, so that's why today, uh, throughout my ministry, throughout my 28 years of ministry, I have dedicated my life for the poor and marginalized Dalits in India, especially to children and widows. You know, too, Rob. I think. Um, I I have a tendency to forget, and I you know my daughters are older and you know out of the house now, um, but 
when they were growing up, I had to remind myself exactly what father said, because you, you want to talk to them, you want to tell them, you want to teach them. But the best example, um, the best influence for them is to see us praying. And that's more important. And even now that they're adults, you know, when they come home and we go to mass on Sunday mornings is, you know, I, I want so much for them to share in the life of Christ, but I also know that, th- that they're going to follow probably my lead more than my words. And if I, if I become a deep prayerful person at mass, that will probably be better than anything I could say to them. And I think about, you know, I read, um, the, you know, the, the life of John, uh, Pope John Paul II, and, you know, people always asked about how he had such a deep prayer life, and they said, you know, it was his father. His mother died when he was young, and his father became—he always was religious, but he said he would wake up in the middle of the night, you know, maybe to go to the bathroom or something, and he would look into his father's room, and his father would be there in prayer on his knees. And that's what they used to say about John Paul. He used to just get wrapped up in the Lord in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And uh, and that was, you know, that wasn't just John Paul. That was his father. And then there was another priest who used to spend hours in meditation that John Paul was influenced by. But it wasn't just him. It was the examples of his father and that other priest. So that's one thing I, I would like to try to remember is if my daughters and people around me grow closer to Christ, maybe it would be from my deep faith and my deep example to them. Not so much what I say, but really the way that I pray, you know, and how much I give myself to the Lord in that prayer, you know, so that's... And, and the busier we are, the more we need prayer. The busier we Absolutely. are, the more we need prayer, because if not, then we're just yeah. going to run ourselves dry and... And then we're going to give ourselves to our spouse. We're going to give ourselves to our kids. We're going to give ourselves, Father, to your ministry. And the world doesn't need more yeah. of me or yeah. you, Tom, or you, Father. The, the, the world needs Jesus in us, living in and through us. And that, that's, that's rooted in a prayer life. Busyness is an excuse for all of us. And that's the tactic of the devil to drift us away from the Lord. You know, if we get, um, if if we can fight that temptation, suddenly through uh, adoration, uh, perpetual uh, adoration, you know, um, we can come closer to the Lord through prayer. I was reading an email that was sent, and uh, you know, this a lot of a lot of what we're talking about is is the battle, right? The spiritual battle, and uh, and we just need to be aware that there is a battle going on, right? And uh, you know, just as Jesus wants everyone to come to him. The enemy wants the same thing. So, you know, the, the best place to do that battle is on our knees, holding those rosary beads in front of the Blessed Sacrament. So uh, I just invite everyone to, uh, to, to take the battle-ready position, and uh, let's, uh, let's all pray for each other. God bless you all, and have a great day. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you, Father. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups, or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make reflections from the heart possible. 
If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.